Hey there, Perfect Movie listeners. This is Steven. The episode you're about to hear was released one year ago this month on the bonus disc, the Patreon feed of the two Gomers. Our Patreon subscribers, we call them Gomertrons, get brand new episodes of Perfect Movie each month, plus the result show for every movie and additional bonus apps depending on what level you subscribe at. Now that a year has gone by, we're releasing the main Perfect Movie episodes to this feed so the public can hear them. If you want to stay up to date and hear these episodes a year in advance, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash twogomers to subscribe to the bonus disc. And if you like what you hear, make sure you check out Overcoming Runner's Block. That's our health podcast where we chase big goals, face our excuses, and invite a nation along for the run. You can find Overcoming Runner's Block wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, here's the episode. Happy listening. Stanley Kubrick desperately wanted the vortex into which Dr. David Dave Bowman is pulled at the end of his space epic 2001 to be located near Saturn. However, visual effects in the 60s were not advanced enough to bring the six planets' rings to the big screen in a way that satisfied the notoriously picky director, so he settled, begrudgingly, for a location change. Jupiter became the planet closest by when Dave destroys the murderous sentient computer HAL, approaches the floating monolith, travels through the black hole to that super weird bedroom, wears a leisure suit, dies as an old man, question mark, and is reborn as a massive space baby as big as the Earth, double question mark. Dang, I love 2001. 50 years later, Christopher Nolan decided to pay homage to Kubrick in his own ambitious space odyssey by placing his wormhole next to Saturn. With a $165 million budget and state-of-the-art CGI technologies, not to mention several organs, apparently, it's the least he could do. In fact, it's one of dozens of 2001-related Easter eggs found in the film. But does a series of winks to one perfect movie another perfect movie make? Or does Nolan's work carve out a place of its own in the cosmic pantheon of film? Also, what happened to that giant space fetus? We're the two gomers, we're talking interstellar, and this is Perfect Movie. The Perfect Movie, a podcast where two regular guys try to save the universe one great film at a time. This is Anthony speaking, coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, with my friend Stephen, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Interstellar. This movie came out in 2014. Yep. Right? Fall 2014. Yep. When? November 7th, um, 2014. Right. Uh, the heyday of mm. two gomers run podcast totally totally so we had just in that previous spring we had done our triathlon yep um you and i had both done triathlons separately throughout the summer mm. of that summer you did a sprint 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I was like, we must have stuff on Interstellar. Sure. Did we mention it? Did we talk about it? So I have a really vivid memory of us talking at length about it. Um, okay. But I looked high and low over hill and under dale. Is that it? Yeah. And I could not That's find right. any extended conversations about Interstellar. Mm. But mm-hmm. I found a small clip I'm going to play you. Ready for this? Yep. Okay. This is from an episode called. Hold on. Let me see what this episode is called. Season six. This is from November 26th, 2014. Okay. Season six, colon, off season episode one, dash breaking the silence part two. (laughs) So convoluted, dude. (laughs) Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Okay, here here is, um, if I can make my Sonos Rome work, let's see. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Mantra. Yep. Here's a clip from November 26th, 2014. We're going to have to get together sometime soon and discuss Interstellar. Okay. Ooh. And um, Big Hero. Did you see them? Haven't seen either one. Okay. But yeah, I, know I saw, you've seen I them saw both. both last weekend. Yeah. I <laughs> intend to see both in three dimensions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. Um, so. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, I won't give any spoilers, but I loved one, didn't love the other. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That was like a terrible spoiler, dude. Because I'm going to be sitting there the whole time like... <laughs> That's the worst spoiler. This stinks. I'm not going to go to either one. Okay. Forget You just go, saved go me ahead. like $40. <laughs> just That's for true. my own you tickets. You can see them in 3D. <laughs> um, also, we need to discuss Dumb and Dumber 2, Newsroom, and that new Reese Witherspoon movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that? I don't know. What is the new Reese Witherspoon movie? From, um, to th- so you said Dumb and Dumber 2. Yep, I never saw it. The, I can't remember the second thing you said, but then let's see. I'm going to look room. this up. Newsroom. Newsroom, right? Reese Witherspoon movie, November 2014. I'm Googling that right now. Okay. Wild. Okay. I've seen Wild. Oh, yeah. Actually, I did see that, and I liked it. Yeah, that movie rules. Yes. Sweet. We never talked about it, dude. Unless I we did and really, totally forgot, which is really possible. Yeah, super possible. I really want to see that again now. I have completely forgotten about that. Wow. Yeah, isn't Laura Dern in that movie, too? Maybe. I think she is. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's a great movie. I saw it on an airplane. Mm-hmm. So that probably means we didn't talk about it if I saw it in an airplane. No. I don't think we ever talked about it, dude. But I liked it. I, I yeah, remember really liking it. That's Me too. That's got a lot of Venn diagram stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern. <laughs> yeah, Reese Witherspoon, Wither, uh, Laura Dern, and then like nature and like survival. Right. Hiking and survival. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tons of that stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, just a couple observations from that clip. Yep. <laughs> um, you, you, I, I, you call it Big Hero, which I thought was funny. Why? Not Big Hero 6. Oh, I but didn't? Big Hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember vividly seeing both of those movies, Interstellar and Big Hero 6, like back to back. 
like hmm. days apart with Jessica because we had a couple days off. Oh, okay. um, and I also love some things never change where you're like, we got to talk about this movie. And I'm like, have you seen it? And you're like, nah, no. <laughs> well, but like, if we're going to talk about it, then it's an excuse to go see it. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you did see it in the theater, right? What did, did you I see? see Interstellar in the theater? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I saw this with my friend, Bob. Yeah. St. Petersburg, Florida. Okay. And I just remember loving it. I remember mm-hmm. being like, what was that about? Like, yeah. what just happened? I just remember pictures and visuals and yeah. just like my mind being blown off, like the organ and the piano and the right. library, like the 5D library, <laughs> like string <laughs> I theory I love a library, happening. but a 5D library? Oh, That's even man. better. Yeah. So I remember all that. I remember having yeah. a blast. I remember, I don't think that it, that was necessarily Bob's genre, I think. Okay. And I think he thought we were going to The Martian. Yeah, but The Martian wasn't for for years. Oh, was that the next year? Yeah, I think Martian was the next year. Maybe, like, he thought, oh, really? So there were, the, there were four years of space movies in a row. Mm-hmm. We have now done three of them. Yep, so Arrival. After today. Martian. Yep. Interstellar. Gravity. Gravity. Um, so I don't think it was in that order. I think it was Arrival, Gravity, Interstellar, The Martian. I do remember going to The Martian and thinking, didn't Matt Damon already do this? Okay. You know what I mean? So Matt da- so Mar- so this came first before Martian. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Got yep. it. Yeah, because um, Martian was 2015, won the Golden Globe right. for Best Comedy or Musical. <laughs> what a riot it was. So funny. The Martian, my favorite <laughs> comedy or musical from 2015. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so you did, did you see it on the Ultra Screen or on I IMAX? That, that's not what it's called in Florida, though. It's just I know. the IMAX. Right. Um, I'm just trying to, like, my memory is that Bob was like, I was expecting something different. Yeah. I don't sure. know. So I don't know what, okay. what else that would have been. But I remember we went to it, and I remember um, the other thing I remember about it was I was kind of going through this, like, I had an existential crisis a little bit. Uh, okay. Combined with I've always been, like, worried about something. And uh-huh. so, like, that may have been the heyday of my worry about Aaron dying. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Like she would go driving and then you were afraid that she would die. Yeah. Like I had this nightmare. You were like going to huh. laugh and you're like, oh, wait, I can't laugh about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. It's just like I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I was yeah. laughing out of uh, not expecting no, it I, coming I out know, of your mouth. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I had this, I had this like nightmare that she got in a mm-hmm. car wreck. And so like yeah. for years, dude. I was just always afraid she was going to die, like all the time. So did this movie help with that? Yeah. Or was so, it like, I do not need this right now? No, no. So there's a scene. So this is a mm-hmm. motherless movie, right? It's a father-daughter movie. Yep. And I had a daughter at that point. And yep. there's a scene when they're in the principal's office with David Oyelowo. Yep. School he had a big principal. Year. Yeah, I know this. Yep. Then Selma. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was 
MLK and the school principal in Interstellar. <laughs> in Interstellar, right. Um, but uh, there's a scene, and he talked about the, the, the cancer in his wife's brain. And one of those useless machines they used to make was called an MRI. And if we had any of those left, the doctors would have been able to find the cyst in my wife's brain before she died instead of afterwards. And then she'd have been the one sitting there listening to this instead of me, which had been a good thing because she was always the, the calmer one. I'm sorry about your wife, Mr. Cooper. And I just remember, like, maybe half the movie just being so worried about her. Oh, like wow. I just remember okay. that like triggering something for me about Aaron. Um, you were yep. worried about during this movie. Yep, I was wow. like, "Oh my gosh, does she have a brain tumor? Does she have cancer?" And I wow. probably even checked find my iPhone multiple times during the movie to make sure she was okay. Huh? Like wow. I, that was that that uh, that few years. I know that was mm. a weird random turn, but that was that sure. few years where like I was just. So worried. And that was that was me when I was a kid about my dad. For huh. for like every summer, I'd be like, oh, he's going to die. He's going to die. Well, I mean, that's interesting. This movie is, it, it death is a theme. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, I mean, I can understand why you would be thinking about that, I suppose, if you were already worried coming in. Well, but I mean, it's about a widower. Right. Right? Like it stars... How many other widower movies are there? Uh, I'm not sure. Ooh, uh, Sleepless. Sleepless in Seattle. Yep, that's true. Another one of our faves. Big widower movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Aladdin. Jasmine only has a dad. Mm. So he must be a widower, I'm assuming. Sure. The Sultan. He's a widower. I never thought about that until now. Huh. Poor Sultan. Yeah. So that's but that's a great like because there's so many movies with a mom but not a dad, right? But like that yeah. is a great plot device, you know, just sure. thinking from like a storytelling point of view to like yep. give give the main character like some serious weight behind him, like he's been through yeah, definitely some serious trauma, and then that adds yep. to the father daughter son thing. So we will yeah. for sure get into some father daughter stuff. I'm assuming we will. Mm-hmm. Um, one other observation that I had about that, Dan in real life, a widower Yes. Movie. Okay. Um, I love that movie. Me too. Uh, one other observation about that clip was I said I loved one of them, mm-hmm. Big Hero 6 and Interstellar, yep. and I didn't love the other. Mm. And I know which was which. Do you mm-hmm. want to guess which was which? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure you loved Big Hero 6 and didn't love this. Right. right. Um, and I'm going to reveal something to you right now mm-hmm. before we start. Yep. I had not watched it again uh, until last night. Wow. Okay. This was my second viewing of this movie hmm. was last night. Okay. Oh, man. I can't wait to talk about it then. I know. So I'm, I'm coming in hot. I've got a lot of thoughts. So did you watch it? What was your, what was your watching? My watching experience last night was Prime. Okay, good. It so big screen Sonos. Big screen okay, good. Sonos. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, good Good question. Because I didn't want to watch it again on phone. If this was a phone take a dookie movie, stop it. <laughs> Especially on like a Prime <laughs> viewing. Like 
Sure. <laughs> like if, if this is a movie that that you come in and out of, yeah, you'll be like, what? A now bit. I do. I could see watching it with my uh, AirPods with spatial audio in. Sure, being cool, very cool. Um, yeah, like Jessica reading a nice book right next to you, and you just like <laughs> rocking out to some Hans Zimmer. <laughs> totally. For is sure. that organ still playing? Yeah. Yes. Right. Um. So uh, yeah, it was a really good viewing experience. I will say I started at eight p.m. Ah. And I saw the running time and I was like, what? I know. I was so oh, I was worried about no. that. That can maybe file under stricken, although I would love to see continued what happens at the end of the movie actually more. Um <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I would love to I, see this world. The I would love to see w- the world that gets developed, honestly. Right. Yep. I really love that spoiler the imagery at the end mm-hmm. of the tubular world. Right. No, dude, that I mean like tubular ship top centrifuge scene ever like Mm -hmm. top establishing shot ever i mean this is like jumping to the very end but like he wakes up and he sees he he, like you hear the sounds of baseball so you know you're in space but then you hear the sounds of baseball kids cheering Mm -hmm. and even the um, i I also watched it with um i watched it with closed captioning on it even said sounds of baseball oh okay You're not into me watching it with closed caption? No. Why? Because Nolan's it, uh, Nolan has an issue. Mm. Let me strike this from the record. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you cannot understand what people are saying, sure. even with Sonos. Oh yeah, I, and I, so I think I think Sonos is the best for that. I think Sonos does its best. I agree with it you. It really um, does. What's it called? Uh, Inception is the worst. In, I would say Tenet is the worst. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure. Inception is bad, and this one is also bad. When, Especially like when um, uh, Michael Caine mm-hmm. is dying. Mm-hmm. I was like, rewind it. I can't understand what he's saying. Oh, so no. we, re- we rewound it. I put the closed captioning on, and I just left it on the rest of the time because I was like, Dang, I can understand everything oh, good. everybody's saying. Okay, this, oh, okay. This, it that really would... increased the experience for me. Good. Okay, that is, no, that, file that under St. Augustine, know thyself. Because right. I would hate to watch this movie with subtitles. Okay. Like, I would just be too distracted. No, that's not true. I would do it now. I would mm-hmm. watch it on, like, my 13th time with subtitles. <laughs> and I'm not trying so to you, yuck your yum. So you have seen this movie a lot. Oh, I've seen this movie dozens of times. Wow. Okay. I cool. adore this movie, and yeah. um, I leave this movie on. Oh, it's a background Pro- movie for you. I would I would say probably Martian and this are top background movies for me. Just put them on, leave them on. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's it. So we're coming into this movie in different places. Yep. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yuck your yum about the subtitles. I get it. Uh, there's also an age, you, you know, I am yeah, yeah. a year and a quarter older yeah, than yeah. you. I'll, yeah. <laughs> and so I do watch, uh, I mean, holla at us if you're like this listener, but I do watch a lot more with closed captioning lately. Um, okay. we also have an issue with our heater, which is right next to our living room. Mm. And when our heater goes on, which is a lot because it's cold outside right now, it's like, right. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> and so we're constantly turning closed captioning on and off, even my kids who are teenagers and have great hearing. Yeah. Um, okay. So I suppose you could say it wasn't prime viewing. It, it would have been better in the summer when the heater is not going on and off. Um, sure. But with a Nolan movie, this is just a Gomer's tip, Steven's mm-hmm. tip. With a Nolan movie, your experience might be enhanced with closed captioning because of the way he mixes. Sure. Where sometimes it's on purpose, I think. So you yeah, can't yeah. hear what people are saying. Sure. Um, and because these movies can be so dense and confusing. Yes. That I also felt like, oh, I get what's going on. Yep. In a different way when the words were up than when they weren't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, anything Aaron Sorkin writes is yep. fun to read. Mm-hmm. I agree. And yeah. And, you know, we talked about the block, that two inch block of mm-hmm. foreign films when we did um, yeah. Parasite. Spirited Away and Parasite. Yep. So um, getting over that block. But in, in a movie that's in my native tongue, my heart language, <laughs> I'm just stuck reading and I like, I just stare at it. Now, or something. It, probably also because this movie is so visually arresting, mm. right? Yeah. That the the closed captioning can distract. I think that if this was my, I, I did remember quite a bit. I remembered almost everything about this movie. Oh, cool. Um, so it w- wasn't my first viewing. I think that mm-hmm. would have been distracting if it was my first viewing. Um, so I get it. I get why the closed captioning can be distracting. It just was like, oh, when they were on, because I was like, yeah. I understand now, that he's saying that poem again while he's dying instead of know. something else yeah. <laughs> like Do important, which he does say. Into that dark night. Not into that dark night. Yeah. Dark night. Who are you? Uh, what's, wait, dang it. Mm-hmm. My joke's ruined. I can't because I can't remember Bruce Wayne's butler's name. Alfred. Alfred. Who are you, Alfred? With all this dark night talk. So that's okay. something. I'm wondering if that's something that can be strict. No, it's this is what filmmakers do, right? Is they have muses, they have mm-hmm. their crew, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, this guy is going to be on camera. You know, this guy is going to be composing. Oh, yeah. Or girl, you know, this, right. this person's going to be uh, producing, directing, and then you're going to have this person be an extra, and you're going right. to have that person, huge actor, be a bit part. Right. So, like, I'm looking at the one she right now. Michael yep. Caine, he, I mean, he has a run yeah. of movies with him. He's the, oh, I wish I could think of his name. I was going to say he's the blank of an Adam Sandler movie. L- Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah, Rob Schneider. He's the Rob Schneider of an, like. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Constitution. <laughs> it's a little different because I think Adam Sandler is like, I, I need to do a favor to Rob Schneider. <laughs> where Michael Caine is a mu- more of a muse and I is know. probably okay without Christopher Nolan. <laughs> I'm totally just joking. No, I love it. But you know uh, it, you're in a Nolan world when Michael Michael Caine is in it. Michael Caine, yep. Yep. He's just a fucking Like, there's just something. He, and he can do a lot of different accents, but what oh, is yeah. his ac- accent? That's is he Scottish? I don't know. Is it? Cockney no, I don't or think it's Scottish. Like I, I think I think it might be. It, I mean, I think it's England proper. Like it's not Irish or Scottish. I think it's it's Cockney. Might be it. 
I can look up that. Well, because it's not like um, posh. You know, like it's not like the royal family. It's got more like, I don't know, more affect to it or something. That's true. And he's like, the Beatles or something. F's his thes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I typed in, what even is Michael Caine's accent? Cockney Mm. is the answer. Okay. Yep. Is that the Um, southern accent of England? You know, like. Right. I don't know. I wonder if is that, it the if southern that's a accent is it the the East Coast accent is it the Boston? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know. I don't the know Midwest. what I don't know what it would. <laughs> it could How, be. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Caine is the Doctor Knutson. Yeah, Michael Caine of is Hollywood. Doctor Knutson <laughs> of British film. Um, okay, since I went to the one sheet, should we go to the one sheet? Sure, Talk yeah, yeah. Interstellar a little bit. Sure. Okay, so Gomer one sheet, Interstellar. Mm-hmm. November 7th, 2014, released and filmed like almost entirely in IMAX. Like, oh, so he, he is doing things with the IMAX camera that like almost nobody has ever done. Like he he I heard him in an interview talking about like the GoPro has become yeah. so ubiquitous, like everybody knows what a GoPro looks like. So he's like, we want those shots, but we oh, want the okay. resolution and like the depth of field and like the just the gigantic amount of film right to go like a gopro so like these like it's like a 60 pound camera or something like that and they're just rigging it on people's backs like in dunkirk they're just putting planes with it on it yeah like i don't know insane Mm. so he loves his imax now did you did you watch it on how did you watch what 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 were you streaming it from i actually bought it okay that makes sense if you're watching it dozens of times that you would want to own this movie. I mean, there are so many times where I had to like log into FX over the years. I think it was on <laughs> FX and it would okay. be like you wouldn't watch it for like a month and then it'd be like, oh man, I really uh-huh. want to watch Interstellar and I have to re-download the app and then do that thing where you're like, yeah, go to fx.com slash activate. You know, and then like and enter the code, enter the code, your TV code. Like, yeah. what's my password for like my cable? So, well, because yeah. we don't have cable, that's the thing, right? So, so we watched it on it. Paramount Plus, mm. um, which looks good. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it would have looked better if I had purchased it somewhere. Mm. It looked really good. Um, and I noticed it must have been filmed in IMAX because it filled the whole screen, no bars on the top or bottom sure do you know what i mean like if it's sometimes hmm. if it's like a if yeah. it's not filmed in imax you get a little bit of bar even right. on a widescreen tv but mm-hmm. this was top to bottom side to side matthew huh. mcconaughey crying yeah okay i need to look at mine i don't even notice i mean it's full it, it, oh. it, it that's how they're putting it out on paramount plus and not ever not i watch indiana jones on paramount plus and not the same there's bars on top and bottom. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I yeah. I think the aspect ratio of IMAX is like almost square or or it like is. four three, right? Like because yep. it's so because because it's actually the film is like reverse, right? Like so they're yeah because I, I think IMAX is the kind of film that goes like up and down instead of side to side or, or something like that. It the, okay. the negatives are so big, right? And Dude, those just, I've seen yeah. those cameras on behind the scenes stuff. It's like tars walking around <laughs> you need tars to drive that thing <laughs> right 
All right. So okay. budget on this bad boy. Oh, it comes in at two hours and 49 minutes. That may be stricken. I don't know. 169 I, I could... minutes was the 169 dudes. 69 dudes. Was the playing time when I started it. And I was like, whoa, okay, here we go. I had forgotten that. I so forgotten that, how long it was. That right there is why I didn't want to watch it after the race. It's because I was, I was oh. like, we were both exhausted. On because Sunday we night. had had the conversation, maybe mm-hmm. we should watch Interstellar together. Mm-hmm. We could even do some commentary. Mm-hmm. One totally. of many ideas that we just didn't do. Yeah, but <laughs> we were at home. <laughs> we just have so many things we need to do in so little time. Um, yeah, but. I was I I knew the exhaustion level and I was like I I I don't want Stephen to watch this like exhausted. Yeah, it was a good call. Watching a movie exhausted is just about the worst. Even it, it was, your this favorite was the movie, right decision. You're yeah. like, oh, come on. So instead, we watched half of Pertner to Secret of My Success with a dollar <laughs> yeah. sign. Hey, how good did that hit though? How good? How much did that slap? I mean, it gave me a second wind. So that then we could have a deep conversation with Aaron when she came down and didn't want to watch Secret of My Success with us. <laughs> because she's seen me watch that so many times. Oh, I'm sure. It's yeah. for, for some reason I love that and Wall Street. I just love these like New York. Oh, I like Wall Street. 80s. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Th- that's two sides of a coin. Wall Street mm-hmm. and Secret of My Success. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Budget for this is $165 million. That is a lot of money. Now, here that is a ton of money. Yeah. So it grossed in the US only 188. But 188 is a lot of money unless you unless you right. put it up against its but its <laughs> budget which is like $20 million less than that. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really know what to say about that. I actually was like is that a typo? But the 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 gross at the box office worldwide was seven hundred million, which is yeah. still low. I mean, that's that's amazing. But now movies are making a billion, making two billion. But not standalone, non-franchise yeah. movies. Non-franchise original story. Yep. You know, I need to put that in my. Di- oh, hold on, I've got my Venn diagram going here. My guess is it's because. And this is not just me spouting stuff off. China loves space. Mm. They don't like Star Wars. Right. And so Star Wars does not do well in China. Yep. But space, space race stuff. But th- this just seems like a a movie that would do really well um, in Asia to me for mm. some reason. I, th- I think that there's a lot of interest in this kind of thing. And so it probably just killed there. Sure. And also, I mean, I, I don't know how... The British Isles feel about sci-fi, but isn't Nolan one of their one of their favorite sons? He's not Sir. He's not knighted yet. So I mean, yeah, but I don't I don't think they're gonna make a ton of money no matter what from yeah. Great Britain. I, right. I think what what production companies are thinking about is the United States, kind of like Western Europe in general. Yep. But that pales in comparison to China, sure. Japan, stuff like that. Yeah. So cool. that that it, I'm not surprised by the 701. The the thing that surprises me is it's not a franchise movie. It's just like one standalone story. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, me too. Okay, so that's amazing. It did yep. win one Oscar. It was nominated for four. So it was nominated for score, which was beat by the Grand Budapest Hotel, Alexander Dest's right. plot. Actually, didn't see that. Um, it was nominated for sound editing, which I think it 
totally should have won. And production sign, uh, yep. totally sh- designed, totally should have won. Whiplash won sound editing. I mean, cool, mm. like cool yeah. drums and stuff. Right. But sound sound, design, is that a different category? Sound design, sound editing, I don't know. I think those might be two different categories, but I don't see that it won either one here. So Yeah, shoulda. Um, Yeah. Um, It did win visual effects. Okay. So. I I freaking love the visual effects. Oh, it's so good. Um, It also won the American Film Institute's movie of the year which is awesome um on rotten tomatoes 72 percent critic 86 Mm percent audience i wonder how that lines up i didn't look at this with other nolans what are the most critically acclaimed nolans yeah i wonder Hmm. that would have been cool research to spend about five minutes doing <laughs> well, the problem is you do that kind of research and then you go down a ton, ton of rabbit holes. And oh, then, yeah. You click on an one hour thing. And gone. And then it's like yep. 25 facts you didn't know about Interstellar. And then it's like, boo. Um, <laughs> so I was looking also over the other movies released around the same time. Uh huh. And I saw almost none of these, dude. And that is because okay. I have had a little kiddo and also was just bad at going to movies. Okay. That's interesting because. I saw almost everything wow. on this list in in the theater. Wow! So two thousand, like mid two thousands, um, Jack was ten. You mean twenty tens? You mean? Yeah, mid twenty tens. You're right. That's what I mean. Uh huh. Th- they were they were eight to twelve. Okay. In in, in yeah. like uh, in uh, to fifteen right sure. and so. If there's a Guardians of the Galaxy coming out, we're there, right? Right. If there's a Lego movie coming out, we're there. Mm-hmm. So you you really hit kind of a wide spectrum of movies when your kids are those sure. ages. Um, and then because they're getting older, um, you can sneak out and see Birdman. Right. So yeah, the, the, it's it's a fun it's a fun time to be alive. <laughs> When your kids are that age and you can go to a whole bunch of movies. Sure, that rules. Yeah, see, Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't interested in. Hunger Games Part 2 I saw, but this is only Part 1. Captain America, I was like, that's stupid. Well, Lego Hunger movie Games we did part go two, to. You, you sort of saw, you you drank a beer and fell asleep yep. and then you just saw the very <laughs> ending scene. Let's be real. Right. Whiplash, everybody told me to see, mm-hmm. including Kevin Bates. One of his faves. Maybe he can yep. choose that for our... Mm. For his movie, maybe I saw Frozen enough times that I saw all these. Like if all the all these were Frozen, um, (laughs) yeah, I saw that enough times to have seen all these. I did see Gone Girl because Aaron read the book. Uh huh. Right. You you saw Gone Girl in the theater? Wow. No, we rented it. Okay. Wow. Gotcha. Wow. Um, Yeah, that's a wow. uh, And then. Um, Edge of Tomorrow, actually, I saw that and loved it. Me too. I love that. I saw that, that with my dad. Oh, I love cool. Edge of Tomorrow. Yep. And I alternate that with Groundhog's Day every right. February 2nd. So I Brilliant. don't have to watch Groundhog Day every, every year. Because <laughs> it gets a little old. Um, I'm seeing the highest rated Nolan being the Dark Knight. Mm, okay. Um. And then my favorite Christopher Nolan, which I don't think you've seen, The Prestige. 
Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Which just goes, I love The Prestige, and I want you to see it so bad. I will. I almost watched it this week, and I barely had time to even watch Interstellar. The good news about Prestige, I think it's his shortest movie. Sweet. Because I was going to watch, I was going to have a little festival. It's again, it's with those things I was going to do. Uh-huh. Now, it's hard because my kids aren't into these movies yet. Well, into right. those. But I was going to rewatch Memento. I was going to rewatch. Mm. Um, and I was going to watch Prestige. Mm-hmm. And I was going to um, watch Dunkirk. Oh, my gosh. I So uh, coming in, just so you know, we're coming in in different places, but I love Christopher Nolan. Yes. Oh, me too. Season pass. I'm so excited about this next movie coming out next year, I think, about the atom bomb. Mm. Didn't even know Ooh. about it. Oh, Sweet. man. Sweet. I, every time anything is announced. Yep. I'm like, wh- where are my tickets? I want them now. Sure. So I love Christopher Nolan. Um, and uh, so I, I don't know if you're nervous at all about this app, but. Nope. Um, I, I, th- this guy is is my guy. I love him. Sweet. He's... I loved Tenet and not many people love Tenet. You know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's our. He's like our generation Spielberg or something. Right. I think like, so. Yeah. Like he's the biggest filmmaker now. And he's like. Yeah. 50. So it's him. It's. I guess JJ Abrams. JJ, yep. Um, yeah, they're the new they're the new crew, the new blockbusters, season yep. pass, yes. season tickets. Gonna see everything they do. Yep. Ryan and, Johnson might be up there. Uh huh. Um, yeah, like event. You can put their name above the title. M Night Shyamalan style. Yep. Not anymore, but when he was big, right? Right. Yep. And so, like, they they can. That's the event, not Michael Caine, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not yep. Matthew McConaughey. Like, you're like, okay, Matthew McConaughey, I can take him or leave him, but oh, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Okay, I'm there. That's something I want to see. Yep. Yep. Um, anything else? In the, I mean, we can go through the cast, maybe. Any anything surprise? Okay, anything surprise you about the cast when you watched it again? Um. Oh, Timothy Chalamet. Oh boy. Totally. Timothy did Chalamet that, shows up. Did that blow you away when he came out? I said I saw the kid and I said, "Who's this Timothy Chalamet looking dude?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And Noah was like, "That's Timothy Chalamet, Dad." I was like, "What?" <laughs> Goosebumps, bro. That's chill not bumps only right does there. he look like Timothy Chalamet, he is Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> yeah. and like. Casey Affleck as his older version really worked for me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's no way these, uh, there's no way Nolan could have known that Timothy Chalamet will grow up to look exactly like he looked in this movie. <laughs> you know, it's like this guy totally. is still 16 years old somehow. Forever 16. He's like Michael J. Fox, dude. Just like looks yeah, the same definitely. from teenage through like yes. still now. Yeah, there are actors like that. Timothy Chalamet's like that. Tom Holland, Spider-Man, he's like that. Like, oh, yeah. These guys yep. look perpetually 16 years yep. old. Like Andrew Garfield, he's like that. They, they just look young. Yeah. Yep. Rob so, Lowe, um, trying to. Now, his hair was not what his hair is today, Timothy Chalamet. And so it's right. so, like, pedestrian, this sure, haircut sure. he has in this movie. Right. Um, but I was like, okay, that's something I did not remember, yes. that Chalamet is in this movie. Yep, that blew me away. The other casting that was 
so interesting was um, Jessica Chastain and Matt Damon. So like yes. those two being together in a movie, not actually together and actually have never been together in a movie. Right. Yeah. I don't think. Well, no, they're in The Martian, right? Yeah, or but is that what they you're were never to? filming at the same time. Oh, that's true. You know what yep. I mean? I don't think they've ever been in a scene together. He was millions of miles away in both. Both times. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a little confusing. So if Bob had seen like The Martian and think it was Interstellar, that makes sense to me. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Didn't I want to say this? <laughs> <laughs> when do they go back? <laughs> yeah. So, but Jessica Chastain, Matt Damon, space. Yeah. Orange yep. and white spacesuit. Yeah, orange and white spacesuit that Doctor Man wears is like yep. so the Martian. Yep, totally. But I mean, obviously really... he's a little bit more chonky in this movie. Yeah, yeah. No pirate <laughs> booty. Nope. <laughs> Remember that stupid butt shot? It's like just another person a billion percent. Right. <laughs> Just like that is not right. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> we could you could lose 75 more pounds or would you want us to just like hire a stunt double? <laughs> just just put your head on some other guy's body and butt. <laughs> right. Um yeah, but yeah, that really did blow me away. David Oyelowo too. Yep. Like, I remember him, for some reason I remember him having been in this movie cuz it was the Selma year. And we had mm-hmm. talked about that on Selma. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and then I, I do remember being shocked by Matt Damon because he was not, oh. he, that was a surprise. Yep. Okay. He was not in the cast list. He was uh-huh. not on the poster. He was not in any of the trailers. He was yep. not announced as part of this movie. And so that Matt Damon reveal when yeah. they get to his planet, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, um, was a surprise to me. Yep. Totally uncredited. I didn't know Matt Damon was in this movie. Right. I I don't even know if he's on the... Well, he's... I mean, he's on IMDb. Well, let's maybe... Let's take a look at the Blu-ray. Okay. Back of the Blu-ray. How about that? Great. Um, that, uh, of course, I could not find VHS of this movie. Never released. Oh, and I have something to tell you about VHS after I'm done reading this. Okay. Ooh. This is back of the Blu-ray I found. Okay. A beautiful and epic film. Mm. That's from Richard Roper. From director Christopher Nolan. Now, what do you think the parenthetical here is on the Christopher Nolan? What do you oh, think? What Dark movies Knight. would they? Okay. And there's one other one they name. Um, Inception? No, Inception's after You this. did it. Inception, oh. the Dark Knight trilogy. Yes. Comes a story of a team of pioneers undertaking the most important mission in human history. Academy, Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey stars as ex-pilot turned farmer Cooper who must leave his family and a foundering earth behind foundering. Hmm. Foundering or floundering? Never heard of foundering. I'm going to have to check on that. And a foundering earth behind to lead an expedition traveling beyond this galaxy to discover whether mankind has a future among the stars. Hmm. Academy Award winner Anne Hathaway and Academy Award nominee Jessica Chastain also star in the landmark film Lou Lem... Lamenic of the New York Post calls one of the most exhilarating film experiences so far this century. No mention mm. of Matt Damon yet. Good news, nation. It's in color. Vibrant color, might mm. I add. Lots of white. 169 and grays, dude lots minutes. Of, lots of water. 
and ice. Yep. Um, okay, here's the cast list. A film like this is in the you know the the block down at the bottom. Yep. Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Jessica Chastain, Bill Irwin, who's just the voice of Tars, just right? Tars. Yep. Ellen, who's this? Oh, that's the mom. Ellen Burstyn. Yeah, that's the mom, or that's just the uh, Murph as a eighty year old. Oh. oh, really? Yep. Ellen. She Burstyn. gets on the back of the box, huh? And yep. Michael Caine, no mention. Yep. Of Damon. He's not present. Even on this. They even want to surprise people who are watching the Blu-ray. Awesome. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I think I remember being shocked by it as well. Yeah. Totally. Yep. So then I don't... Um, so going back to that story, I don't know what Bob would have been thinking. And maybe I'm like remembering multiple stories mashed up together because I had... I was little kids and I like... <laughs> Just don't remember <laughs> a lot. Just memories coming, like coming together. Like you know what I mean? Oh, yes, I do. Maybe we went to Arrival. I don't know, man. Arri- no, I. You know positive. what? Arrival was later. I know. I'm I got the orders I wrong. Went with this to Bob. Bent with okay. Bob to this. Yeah. Um, and you're right. The, there, there is a little bit of memory fog, especially if you have little kids. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. And the memory um, fog is just like Indy's hair. It's just, it comes with the territory. It's rough, <laughs> but you wouldn't have it any other way. No, no, right? I wouldn't. Um, speaking of memory fog, it was amazing to watch it a second time. Great. And so I really want to get into the trial and talk about whether this is a perfect movie. Little late, Coop. Yeah, we had a flat. Indian surveillance drone. Solar cells power an entire farm. What'd you do, Murph? Oh, she didn't do nothing. Murphy's law. You're a well-educated man, Coop. And a trained pilot. And an engineer. The world doesn't need any more engineers. We didn't run out of planes and television sets. We ran out of food. Did you need me after something that's bad? No, well, we didn't. Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law doesn't mean that something bad will happen. It means that whatever can happen will happen. We must confront the reality that nothing in our solar system can help us. Now you need to tell me what your plan is to save the world. We're not meant to save the world. We're meant to leave it. And this is the mission we were trained for. I've got kids, Professor. Get out there and save them.
rise. Hey, how's it going over there? I love this movie. I remember going to see it with Bob. Also my buddy, Michael Kane. Uh, and I also love the sermons by Christine Kane. They're also really great. Dr. Knutson went to see it with you and Bob? <laughs> yep, oh, Dr. Knutson was there. He is Michael Kane, who is Christine <laughs> Kane. Also, I don't know who that is. She's a female preacher. That's amazing. Okay, sweet. The hurricane, um, Chris, the hurricane Kane. Here we are in the trial. We're going to put Interstellar on. We're going to see if it's perfect. This is how it works. We pick a movie we love and we talk through the movie. Then we act as its defense counsel, present evidence. We get two exhibits apiece. And we attempt to prove to you, listener, and to one another, that the movie is perfect. Um, when we're done with that, we each get a vote. Anthony gets a vote. I get a vote. And you listeners as a collective get a vote. If you vote 75% yes or more together, that equals a yay. And the movie goes on a flash drive. We show all the movies that are on that flash drive to Job of the Hut <laughs> at the beginning of episode four during the cantina scene. Yep. He's busy watching those movies, so he doesn't make it out to call to say Han Boogie. Wait, but then we don't get Han Boogie. We just know it exists. Okay. He calls him that later. It's, it's important that he does not appear in episode yeah, four. That's the most important. Yeah, yeah. Got it. <laughs> right. By the time he's done with the movies, he is converted into a good little boy, but it's too late because Leia strangles him <laughs> with a chain oh. anyway, and he dies. Oh, well. <laughs> I just I need I need that um Sarlacc pit scene still to exist. Oh yeah, you can't have the beginning of Book of Boba Fett without it. Right. So he has a uh bedside convert deathbed conversion, but it's right. too late because it happens right when he's getting strangled by the the right. the chain. Sorry with a, cha with a chaplain. There's a chaplain there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gives him his last rites. And he's like, <laughs> you know that tongue coming out? Top top tongue scene. Right. Only only, the the only tongue. better only better tongue scene is Top Gun. <laughs> I don't remember what happens in Top Gun with a tongue. You don't? No. It was the tongue the tongue scene heard round the world. Makeout scene, Tom Cruise oh. and the flight instructor. Right. And, it's like and there's bow, a lot of talk. Yeah. Oh. oh. Next time I, when you watch Top sounds Gun, like you I would prefer Job of the Hut, even though I love kissing. <laughs> I'm. I so want to ask you about y'all's kissing habits, but I'm not going to. Okay. Thank you. Um, I did look up floundering and foundering, both are words, and both would oh. have worked in that. Um, that description, okay. but foundering is a word I didn't know. It hmm. means like a si like a sinking ship. It's foundering, Fa failing or breaking down. That's fantastic. That's a perfect it. adjective for this. Yes. So the wow. Earth in this movie is foundering. I think now this you is may a have pretty found something for Sorry. the cold open, bro. Oh, maybe foundering. Hmm. If you heard that, then none of the conversation we've been... I'm not going to put in the cold open. Because then people will be like, why are they so confused about what foundering means? No, it, it's <laughs> cool. the cold open. 
Now it makes sense. Look at this um, new clock I got, dude. Oh, a new clock. It looks analog. Yep, this is it. It flips down just like on um, Groundhog Day. Yeah, that's nice. So I found this. I'm so pumped about it. Lots of analog stuff in this movie. It feels like lots mm. of like big beefy ships. Lots of clicking and clacking. Totally. Oh, I. Um. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, me too. Um, this is a complex movie. Mm-hmm. It might be a little hard to talk about. Sure. If. If you're listening to this right now, you should probably go watch it if you haven't seen it before. Yeah, if you haven't or, watched it. Or this, like me, yeah. haven't seen it in a while. Have you seen just a super 14 seconds? Have you seen Ice Storm? The Ice Storm? Yeah, movie. With Kevin Klein? Yeah. Yes. Okay, is it good? I mean, it's very mature. Ah, okay. It, it just popped up for me on the re, the rewatchables, my favorite movie podcast after right. ours. You're talking about and Kevin Klein, Sigourney yep. Weaver, Elijah mm-hmm. Wood, that ice yep. storm. Yes. Yeah, it's um I can't remember the director's name. Uh, oh no, it's I can't good. remember his name. Um so uh, yeah, I mean, if you watch it get ready. It's mature mature themes. Okay. Yeah, it's sure. from their effed up family series. Yeah, um, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, they did. Uh, uh, I was I was there because I was. Uh, Parenthood was their one before that. Okay, um, the ice storm is so much more effed up than Parenthood. Sure, <laughs> so, sure. Be, beware! It's Ang Lee, I think, directed it. Okay, I, I can't right. actually find that. Oh yeah, it is. It's Ang Lee. Well, I was um, like, should I listen to this? The the whole reason was. Don't watch, don't listen to this podcast without watching the movie. And I was like, maybe I'll stop this podcast. Mm-hmm. It would it would make very little sense to listen yeah. to a podcast about I, the ice storm without watching the ice storm. Yeah, I mean I you'd pick it up. It. I, I think it would probably be pretty difficult to listen to this without having seen Interstellar because, like I totally. said, it's dense. It's the plot is complex. I mean, you heard the back of the Blu-ray, which right. is some people are going to save the world. It's just so much more complicated than that. Right. Yeah. As Nolan movies are, right? I mean, even the Batman trilogy uh, is more complicated than the Batman trilogy. For sure. For so sure. complex. He's he's a high concept dude. Yes. Right? Like definitely. he is not satisfied in just telling a linear story. Like And um, never has been. Right. I, I saw I saw him talking about Memento. Uh-huh. Um, and he was talking about how he wrote it. Okay. And he, it, it was like, it started here and it ends like it started here and it ends here, which is on top of each other. Right. It's like you do these, this, this line, and then it curves yep. down to this line. And then we started going up and down between like just the way he drew the, um, the yeah. story grid was like, so cool. It's right. So not linear. Right. I remember hearing about Memento and thinking there's no way that would work. Mm. And then watching it and being amazed and then being on Christopher Nolan's side the rest of my life. Sure. I um, also thought Brad Pitt was in that. Oh, really? No, it's Guy I, Pierce, right? Okay. I I thought that was a Brad Pitt movie. Uh, that was my memory. Are you thinking of Fight Club? 
Because they both nope. kind of look the same. They look the same in that like era. And also Guy something or other did something that Brett... Wasn't there a director Guy something? Oh, that worked I don't with know. Brad Pitt in something. Like my brain's doing things. Guy Ritchie. Also, guy Ritchie, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. Uh, did he do Fight Club? He might have. So there's a guy in Brad, then there's a guy named Guy <laughs> that looks like Brad. <laughs> right. Right? And so my brain just did yep. a 180. Yeah. Is Brad Pitt in, in any Christopher Nolan movies? I don't think he mm. is. Nope, he's a, a Soderbergh. All right. He is a Soderbergh guy. Yep. Yeah. Um, and also aging quite well. Man, oh, I wish amazing. I like Brad Pitt. We should debate who's aging the best. That's That sounds very... Well, we're talking about white dudes, right? We're white dudes. Sure. But well, like we can talk about black dudes too, and we can also talk about black women and, and white men and, and Asians, and we can talk about who's who's still pretty no. and handsome, <laughs> even though they're old. Would that be a good episode? Sounds amazing. I was trying to be funny, but I'm just saying, like, between Matthew McConaughey and Brad Pitt or something like Brad Pitt. Oh, 100%. Like, McConaughey looks. I mean, I, he looks incredible in this movie. He just looks different. He looks like, um, he looks older, right? He looks. Oh, he looks pretty like old he's, in this movie. He's yeah. been out in the wild or something like that. He's a very weathered. Uh, the look weathered. works, right? Leathered. In this movie, but he's like leathery and weathered. Yep. Like yeah. I, like you could see like, uh, from um, uh, City Slickers when he like lights a match on his, you know, like what's the dude's name? Oh, the cowboy! I thought from you were saying Matthew McConaughey was in that movie. No, no, like from you're City talking about Slick. Curly, Curly, yeah, Curly, partner to Curly's gold. Um, there's when he like lights a, a match on his skin, yeah, <laughs> it does look like McConaughey could do that. It, it there's almost this transition for McConaughey where he goes from being like a young dude, like high school girls, always the same age. I keep getting yep. older; they stay the same age, right? Like. Stoner, he was always playing stoners because he yep. is one, right? All right, yep. all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. To like this, he is clearly a middle-aged dude. Yeah, right? definitely. And yeah. really skinny. So skinny. Like his, yeah. his eyes are like sunken into his skull. Yep. I don't it's love... It's a great look. I don't love the makeup in this movie or something like that. I feel... Everybody looks a little bronze, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's kind of I mean, bronzy, right? Is that and you would think critical? if you're out in space for a while, mm -hmm. which I guess they weren't. Okay. Can I okay. can I chunk in? Please do. Okay. All right. This movie's a lot about a lot more than just a saving the world space movie, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so my first piece of evidence. We're not going to talk through this whole thing. It's impossible to talk through this no. whole movie, and so we're just going to get right to our. Evidences. Yeah. My first evidence is a Nolanism. Okay? okay. Sweet. Something I love about Nolan in general, and I think is great in this movie in particular, is that it plays with time. Yep. Without having a time machine in it. Mm, That's my okay. first piece of evidence. This nice. is a movie that plays with time, and it's not about a time machine. So we love our time machines. Totally. We've Phone done. Booths. I think. <laughs> right, um, DeLoreans, DeLoreans. A slingshot um, around the sun in a Klingon warship. 
bird of big, prey. like some sort of like sphere energy spheres you have to ride in if you're only if you're naked or if you have flesh above your metal <laughs> right <laughs> we love time machines and time machine and movies that are about time machines right like i'm totally. going forward or backward here to affect the space-time continuum yes we love that stuff yes what i love about christopher nolan and it started with memento right yep and then it it's still i mean i wrote the ones that i'm remembering off the top of my head he does this in memento he does this in inception he does it in dunkirk and he does it in tenet which is he loves to play with time Mm-hmm. He loves with how he loves to play with how we watch a movie in mm-hmm. forward time. Yes, um, and he loves playing around with kind of what is a constant, and we've never actually figured out how to make it anything but that. Yeah, and make it and, and twist it and turn it. So like Memento is a, he's playing with time in the way he's telling the story, yeah. right? Um, because you can watch it's a it, it's half the movie is backwards. No, I'm sorry. Half the movie is what the heck? Half the movie is going backwards and half the movie is going forward. Sure. Like Tenet. Tenet, there is a machine. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But it doesn't make time go backwards. It just makes the person in the machine go backwards and time keeps going forwards. It's so good. <laughs> right. And I've never thought of it before and I, my mind is still blown by it. Um Inception, he plays with the uh, three different speeds mm-hmm. of time going all at once based on how deep you are in the dream. Oh, 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 my gosh, yes. And then Dunkirk, he tells – it's like a memento telling the story differently where one of the stories happens in 20 minutes, one of the stories happens in whatever it is, a day, and one of the st- stories happens at the span of two weeks and they're all being told at the same time. It's hmm. so frigging amazing. Hmm. Uh, have you seen Dunkirk? Nope. It it is gonna blow your friggin' mind. Oh, I know. Like it, it, uh, it's, I, it's I, a I w- nugget like Beethoven eight, bro. That I'm just yeah. saving for that special occasion. I thought it was going to be an interesting war movie because interstellar because the Interstellar guy did it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I was about 20 minutes in, and I was thinking, is he really doing this? <laughs> Sweet. Okay. It is so good. Um, so I don't know what he's going to do with the Adam Bomb movie. Who knows? Um, I wonder if it's going to be something like that. But he yeah. loves to play with time. And he's so good at it that when I heard the rumor that Tenet, I don't remember if you remember me saying this, the rumor that I heard about Tenet before it came out was that you were going to be able to watch, it was a palindrome, you were oh. going to be able to watch it backwards or forwards. Uh-huh. Yeah, it would yeah, be I the same that. movie. Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't see how that's possible, but I, he could do it. Uh huh. Like, I trust him so much with time. Yep. So, this movie, I didn't, I didn't expect it going in. Does this relativity stuff? Um, on the Miller's planet, especially that water planet, mm. where I was like, yes, he's doing it again. He's doing something I never thought of. Yeah. When it comes to time. Yeah. Um, and it is so incredibly sad. Yeah. What happens there, which is they get stuck on this planet for what, an hour or two? So, yeah. So it's like every minute is a year mm-hmm. or something like that. So like basically they're there 
for just a couple, like an hour, and it's like 30 years. Yeah, I think years. they say, yeah, I think they say an hour is seven years. I think that's what the guy says before they get down. Okay. Um, so they're there for enough time for 30 years to go by, or 23 years. Mm. I think that's what it is. Um, because of one bad decision, mm-hmm. they miss 23 years of life on earth. <laughs> Jeez. And there is just something, there was something new for me in that moment, which was I never thought of how one mistake can cost so much time. <laughs> and, and it just felt so familiar to me. Like it felt like when we were on the um, half marathon and we gave our raincoats away. Oh, yeah. And we were like, that's the worst gut decision we've ever made in our lives. Yeah. Um, like a small decision can just mess with so much. And I hadn't thought of it mm. that way before. And then at the end, it comes back where he says that maneuver just costs us 51 years. Mm. And I just, I, I mean, I, I just feel so lucky to have Christopher Nolan movies coming out. Yes. Still. Yep. Because I'm, I'm just like, he's going to do something with this kind of thing. So you love space. I feel like your space is my time. I don't know mm. if that makes sense. Sure. I just freaking eat it up. Who else plays with time like this? I mean, I can't think of anybody whose like thing is playing with time. Right. Twists is Shyamalan. Right. Actually, did you know that originally this was uh, slated to be a Spielberg movie? Oh, really? The the, the idea of it or something like that. Yep. Um, And... Somehow that didn't work out, and then mm-hmm. Nolan got it, which I don't quite get that because Nolan and his brother wrote it. I guess I don't really the huh. maybe so that doesn't really interesting. Make, I don't know. Now, I had heard the Spielberg thing. It makes sense to me. It's a very Spielbergy movie, and this is the memory I had about talking to you about it on the podcast. And I have to find this somewhere where I said I feel like Close Encounters is a space movie about music. Hmm. Okay. And this is a space movie about time. Mm, sure. And so these big concepts couched in a space travel or visitation movie mm-hmm. is like, I mean, I friggin' love it. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember any any time before where it's like, if you make this decision, it's going to be this costly in time. Yeah. Yep. So like... Um, maybe I have like multiple, multiple, um, exhibits. I'll, I'll just do one now. Okay. I'll chunk in here. Okay. Okay. I just, I love the emotional pull of this movie and there's a lot of things that, that make it, that, that, that draw on your emotions, that tug at your emotions um, mm-hmm. obviously the music, we'll talk about that eventually. Right. But the relationship of the father daughter, like him leaving, yeah. like him, him being like basically called out to now, I wonder if you could strike a few things like why, why, like, what were they going to do if Matthew McConaughey didn't go <laughs> like well, yeah, so I remember um, Michael Caine saying, uh-huh. 
like we were gonna go without you but now you're here so you should go so okay. you have to go because you're here okay I, I guess i missed that in my dozens of viewings i forgot he asks he asks what were you gonna do if i didn't show up so so and he says we would have gone anyway with these people that have just gone in the simulator yeah but you're know, here but, now so you should go but why weren't they looking for him oh i don't know about that, that like that's what i mean like like yeah. oh good you showed up because like there's all these people in the simulator like all that all the research over the years and years and movies and documentaries that I've watched on Mars or on right. uh, Moon and stuff is uh -huh. like they're in the simulator for hundreds and hundreds of hours and then he shows up right. with no training and then ends up leading the whole thing that that can yeah. may, I mean that's just movie magic like storytelling right. right like it all it's always yeah. about that person so it's like it's like what we're what what is the first version of this story where he doesn't find out about gravity and, and yeah. you know sos uh morse code also stuff. he lives like 20 miles away this like <laughs> no the he best lives, pilot in the world no he lives super far away because remember she like falls asleep murph falls asleep in the truck and they arrive Still, it's like driving in, distance but they arrive in the middle of the corn. night so i'd say i'd say it's probably three to five hundred miles away Oh, okay. I mean, because they have to drive all night. They show up in the middle of the sure, night. Sure, okay. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Maybe. Okay. I, I felt like it was just like they came upon a fence. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> and I know that's not true because they had to get the coordinates, but right. um, they had a map in their drawer that had those coordinates mm. th that was big enough to be able to plot that coordinate on it. So sure. it, it's at least close enough to drive. Yes. But if it's far away, that makes more sense. Yeah, I guess they could have taken that drone. But mm -hmm. anyways, the just the pull of the father-daughter yeah. relationship that right. that they they like uh put into this and now he's on that planet and the 50 years, 51 years or 23 years or whatever would have been a bummer. Yeah. Without that. It would have been like Oh, dang it. What happened? Like, I'm going to sure. miss 40 iPhones, like, mm -hmm. being developed. What's the internet going to look like? And what's social media going to look like, like in 51 years? But it's like, no, dude. You missed right. your entire life. Like, you missed... Right. Like, that that scene with Casey Affleck. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, Grandpa died. Oh, Murph is doing that. Still won't talk to you. Oh, here's my baby. Oh, the baby oh, died. My baby died. Like, right. It's like all the, within like that three minute scene. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like so that so that scene combined with the scene where he has to leave Murph. Mm hmm. Honestly, two of the two of the best best written and acted scenes I've ever seen. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's why the that's why that one McConaughey scene is so memeable. Totally. Right. Like. You see that meme all the time where something not very sad happens and then the next shot is Matthew McConaughey just <laughs> friggin' sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, it, there, there's, it's, really, it's really pretty amazing that they set up how important, and you were talking about the widower thing, right? He has mm -hmm. John Lithgow, um, who is his dad or his stepdad? Says no, that's Not his stepdad. wife's dad. His father-in-law, right? That's what yep. I mean. Um, and then his daughter, who won't say goodbye to him, 
That's huge. Dude. And so you're in, he you're actually in the never said room. goodbye. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Uh, a father wound that lasts a lifetime. Right. Which the payoff when she realizes mm-hmm. you were my ghost, it's yeah. like imagine a traumatic event from your childhood that gets mm-hmm. erased in an instant. Like because of a misunderstanding. Yes. Yes. I'll tell you what. I think that's happens all the time. I think there are yeah, events dude. in people's lives that totally. they look back on mm. and it actually was misinterpreted, Dang. which is an incredibly heady mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thing to happen in a movie, right? Yeah. Like, um, I just misunderstood what was happening this whole time. Mm-hmm. And I've lived a lifetime of trauma around it. Now, yep. I would say most of the time people's trauma is from real events. Yes. But th- this totally. is a really interesting thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, well played, right? Well done, well scripted, well written. So good. Um, and like you said, a huge payoff. So you're right. If he had, had if he didn't have a family, if he just went up, um, there's there's no just the 23 year old, the 23 lo- year loss is like you said interesting it's like oh man but it's the it's the attachments <laughs> right like think right. about all of those astronauts were single uh mm-hmm. didn't have family that they were leaving like the only attachment i you know i'm talking like that uh we hear about is Anne hathaway brand mm-hmm. is she actually was in love with the other dude who we never see. I can't remember his name. Right. Which Edmonds, I think. Edmonds, is there you right? go. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is another great detail mm-hmm. because both of those two, Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway, are going off their gut. They have all sorts of conversations about love. Mm-hmm. Yep. And about whether that is like an actual like system like a structure that exists like mm-hmm. th- this was was is this an evolutionary piece that has been built into like all that yeah. stuff is incredible mm-hmm. that i had forgotten about mm. so good so good yeah so yeah. i i just think the way that they drew on emotions made mm-hmm. your favorite thing of the time travel just that much more powerful right and i i might even nominate the scene when he leaves and she doesn't say bye as yeah a perfect scene. Yeah. Well, there you go. We can, you can put, let's, uh, that's an exhibit. We, we can place that on the table. Perfect scene. Um, yep. Okay. Let me say two more things about that. I love the fact, and this is another thing that Nolan does, that it's a forward time skip, but it's impossible to go back. And so yes. it's not a time machine where you can go back and forth. You have lost it. That's lost time. You can't go back. Totally. He flips that antenna where you can go back, but you can't just skip back to the present. You have to live through what you just went back through. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so much more complex. And I cannot believe he pulls it off in either of those movies. Totally. Um, so the 51 year old, the 51 skip happens at the end of the movie where they're just trying to survive and get through the black hole. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that. Turn cost us 51 years. Oh, got um, it, got it. I, okay. Yeah. And I, I just love that they're still thinking that way. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's gone. Yep. Okay, now that's gone. 
Yeah. And they're just they're talking about time differently at the end of the movie than they were at the beginning. Okay, so and how about I, I mean, I'm just obsessed with it. It's so good. Let's let's see the um the alternate interstellar where it's just them waiting for them. <laughs> it's like it's the guy that gets left behind yeah. up orbiting. You have to watch 23 years of him thinking about <laughs> gravity. Right. I think that was Romilly was the guy. Romilly, yeah. Like yeah. He I think he's a really amazing character like so you've got you don't usually hear about astronauts. Actually you do even on the moon la- moon stuff like Saturn times like uh mm-hmm. throwing up and stuff like they yep. get there immediately they they turn gravity on like with a button starts the centrifuge thing spinning yep incredible and, oh my gosh i mean there there are 2001 a space odyssey little nods yes. all over this thing like definitely i actually think the organ like in the score is yeah. very also sprock like yep strauss like the the scene at the very end when there's just a single note on the organ and it's like just mm-hmm. his head in a space suit with like lights going by. Yes. And and even there's like physical like in in 2001 they're like because of necessity mm-hmm. they had to just like turn the ship up. I'm talking about the model ship, right? Mm-hmm. And then just like drop stuff on it. So it made it look like it was going through yeah. something. Uh-huh. But when you do that, you're getting the things hitting the ship, right? Mm-hmm. And so they do this in Interstellar mm. where he goes through the black hole and there's just stuff. I don't know what it is. Right. What's Ash there? or something. Yeah. Going by the ship and hitting it. Mm-hmm. Um, that that I was like, that's so 2001. The centrifuge, you're right. The spinning stuff, mm-hmm. which was a 2001, I think, invention. Hmm. And now everything uses it, but they just did so well with it in this movie. Um, and then just the, the whole weirdness coming back around to itself stuff that happens in both movies. Yep. So good. Mm. Yeah. So going over. There's no giant fetus in this one, unfortunately. True. But it just <laughs> ends with a baby. Have you seen 2010? Is that? No, is it- I never have. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay. It, it's not the same thing. Yeah. Like interesting. It's worth a watch though. I always make okay. something of Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> really? I, I'd get like Dunkin' Donuts and watch it a couple times. <laughs> okay. But it's it's not on it's not on the level. Okay. Yep. Um all right, let, let me chunk in. This is this is still playing off of the emotion. So this is exhibit one A. Uh-huh. Is I love a movie about a father-daughter dude. Right. Like, I watched this with the girls. So when we got Sonos hooked up in uh-huh. our downstairs, which yeah. now you can picture because you've been there. Right. Um, I wanted to, like, demonstrate some sound. Uh-huh. Right. And is this the first thing you did? The first thing I did when we got it originally was uh, Last Jedi. Okay. Um, the scene, the the like scene where Ray, like where where Kylo Ren is coming at Ray, like in the dirt, and then it just oh, becomes like a battle scene. Friggin' unbelievable. Okay, that's interesting. I, you- I I my first scene was a Last Jedi scene also. Okay. It was the um. It was the 
light speed weapon mm. scene. Okay. Where it's incredibly loud and then just cuts out mm. for a mm. second. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, I just, I, I couldn't think of a better audio scene to try it out with. Mm. And it, it worked. It was great. Wait, hold on. Which one's Last Jedi? Is that episode eight? Yeah. Oh, oops. Episode nine. What's episode nine called? <laughs> Pertner to Rise oh, of Skywalker. Pertner, Pertner, that's what I meant. Pertner to Rise okay. of Skywalker. You're talking about when he's coming at her in the TIE fighter? Yeah, like on the ground. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. She does that flip. Yep. Um, then the scene from Dune, the like Sarlacc oh. scene from Dune. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then... A, l- a little partnered inception. So we oh. sat down. I, I just inception sat- or interstellar. Sorry, interstellar. Nah, I wouldn't show the. It, it is confusing. It, it totally is. There's inter in. Yes, for sure. I constantly say the wrong one. Sure, yeah. got it. Interstellar. Yeah. So we. I was just gonna show him that, mm-hmm. and then we sat down and watched the entire movie. Me, Aaron, wow. and the girls. And the girls okay. were captivated. Lily frigging loved it. Isla loved okay. it. Maybe partially because it was like 8.30 p.m. And so it's like, I either get to watch this or I have to go to bed. You know? Right. Like It's like, well, we can't watch a kid movie, so we can either go to bed or watch this. That's always uh-huh. a deal that'll work out in your favor. Right. Definitely. Oh, we get to stay up. Okay, cool. Exactly. It's like, I never want to watch what you want to watch unless I get to stay up and then I'll totally watch it. <laughs> right. Yep. So we want, and they were captivated. Actually, they loved it. Lily like resonated with Murph so much. Like scientist girl, total yep. scientist girl. And the girl is 10 in it. Mm-hmm. Murph yeah. at a younger age. Um, yep. Played by Mackenzie Foy. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a gr- another great young to old casting. She looks like Jessica Chastain. Oh yeah, as a young girl. Yep, yep. so works. Um, yep. But the thing, the the line that I loved, and this is the father daughter thing, was at towards the very end. He said, "This is Matthew McConaughey." Coop mm-hmm. said, "I thought they chose me, but they didn't choose me mm-hmm. at all. They chose her." They chose right. her to save the world, right? Because he gets back to that space station, and it's called Cooper Station. And a, a, a rare joke in a Nolan movie, right? Oh, like a rare moment of levity, I would say. Okay, hold on. We need to talk about that. <laughs> Table that for one second. Okay. Table that for one okay. second, because I want to talk about that. All right. I, uh-huh. I, I wrote it down. Um, oh, cool. Cooper Station. Like, that was so cool of you guys to name this after me. And they were like, right. No. Like, you're cool, <laughs> but your daughter is like... She is the one that we... She saved us. She is the world changer. Her daughter... Right. His daughter saved the world, not not him. And so, like, I don't know. You know, Lily would have been three when this came out, and I was yeah. in a different stage of life completely, like pre-midlife right. crisis, all mm-hmm. the things. And so yeah. it didn't resonate with me until a couple of years ago, but I was like... Dude, I think, and we've mentioned this multiple times, that we think as parents, like, our life is about us. Right. But slowly or quickly or something, it just becomes like, nope, it's not. Yeah. It's like about launching them. It's about sending them. It's about encouraging, Mm -hmm. building them up. Like, you thought you were, like, the lead lead actor, the Matthew McConaughey. Right. Nope. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. So that, that, so, I mean, there's so much richness that around high concept that relationship for me for sure. is um, is is mm-hmm. worth worth the price of admission. Okay, let's talk levity. Okay, because there was something else I was watching, and I was like, "Oh, The Martian." Uh huh. I, right. I know we joked about that it isn't shouldn't be Golden Globe winner for comedy or musical. The only thing more ridiculous than that movie winning would have been Interstellar winning for <laughs> right. best comedy that, musical. <laughs> that Cooper joke, that would be ass stricken for Nolan. Mm-hmm. Is that they're so heavy, so yes. high concept that you almost leave breathless, and like, yep. Spielberg knows how to like drop in some levity, like yeah. uh, uh, an Ian Malcolm. Or, right. um, or like even Star Wars, like a C three PO or R two, or right. or an yeah, audience definitely. surrogate or something. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. The Interstellar, and I would I would say, I mean, uh, there's one joke in Memento. One. I mean, I I like <laughs> last time we watched it, I was like, this is so grim. <laughs> and there's a point where he's he comes back to himself when he's running. Okay. And there's a guy next to him running, and he's like, oh, I'm chasing this guy. And he's like, oh, wait, no, 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 that guy's chasing me. And it's this moment of, it's just, it does not even fit in the movie. The movie is so grim. Mm-hmm. So I think he's gotten better at this. I think that there's times where you're like, okay, I think that was a joke. But he is not Spielberg in that you're you're LOLing sometimes in even heavy Spielberg movies. Sure. Yep. So, um, yeah, he, he's not great, I think. And it's probably him and his brother, the team, right? I don't remember anything funny about Tenet at all. Nothing funny. I mean, Inception, <laughs> I mean, Leo rules. But he's not funny in that movie. Okay, what all. about? Um, I think that um, yeah. Ellen Page is funny in that movie. Yep, she's funny. Um, but just like because she because she's interesting, it's not actually like I'm never like oh that's a good one. Yeah, it's just like oh, okay that's a quirky character or a quirky performance, right? Th- those exist in his movies. Mm-hmm. But even if you think about Dark Knight, bro, mm-hmm. it is so even the Joker is kind of humorless, even though he's he's just so evil. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny performance in some ways, but boy, is that movie grim. Yeah, everything is brooding. It's just yeah. bass trombones, right. synthesizers, and grimness. Now, all that right. to say, I'm I'm going to the Batman tonight. Yeah. And everything I'm reading about it is it's even darker than yes. the Nolan movies. So um I'm I'm gonna be impressed if that actually is true. But right. um also, so friggin' long, dude. I looked at the running time and I was like, oh, oh how long is it? <laughs> Almost three hours. Yes. Okay, so I'm going on Monday with, okay. my, with my friend Dave, my neighbor Dave. Nice. We've we've been planning our trip. So mm-hmm. pumped about it. I haven't had an event movie in mm. a long time. I can't What's yeah. the last movie I went to? Dune. Right. Yeah. I mean, these are good movies to see in the theater, for sure. Yeah. Stoked about that. Um, can I, okay, can yeah, I ask so, you a question about... Um, oh, yeah. Something Matthew McConaughey says about his kids. Okay, sure. By the way, I looked up best father-daughter movies. 
Um, this is number one. What is? Um, and uh, the next one is a movie I love, and the next one is a movie you love. So the next one is Father of the Bride. Wait, Interstellar's number one? Yes. Really? Yeah, when I looked up best father-daughter movies, Interstellar, number one. Okay. Number two, Father of the Bride, which you would love. I know. Because it's I've seen all it. about father-daughter. And the third one is a movie that I hate that you love. I don't hate it. It just makes me cringe. What? Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, okay, I love that movie. <laughs> I um, Father-daughter. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got two daughters and a son. Okay, yeah, sure. Yep, yeah. Nope, this is the goat. This is the goat father. I mean, dude, listen to this. Okay. You I, I didn't even need to go to this movie and I would be happy. So like <laughs> I've got my Venn diagram. Okay. Yeah. Dystopia. Okay. Uh-huh. Dystopian future. Yes. Space. And I I love the dystopia of it. It's just that stuff has stopped growing. What a great what, idea. They talk about they talk about wars. You know, I actually I wrote that down. I I think their economy of exposition is really good because you don't yep. need to explain that crap. Yeah. You just world build really fast by being like the wars and you're like, mm-hmm, got it. Yeah. And then they just do a tiny bit where they're like, um, you know, Murph brought in this old history textbook. It's all wrong. We never went to the moon. Right. Right. So you've got That's cool. some They're sweet- trying to discourage kids from thinking about anything but the earth. Yes. I like, love it. You've got great conspiracy theory action. Yep. Uh, you've got just stay here and farm, sleep longer, right? Yeah. Um, so super economy of world building because it's like, okay, they live in a dust bowl. Now, I heard that those those like talking heads, like yeah. the, talking about the dust bowl were repurposed historical recordings of people that those. lived through an actual dust bowl in america oh cool like i heard that i i looked into it and i didn't i just heard somebody else talk about it on a podcast oh, actually that so was it very is smart. actually documented footage of these old folks so that's that's what maybe is true yes like th- those are real people talking about an actual dust. event yeah okay yeah that that would be amazing if that was true because they I, do I, they are very naturalistic those actors mm-hmm. or what whatever they are they may not be actors but that that's cool yep it's a little reminiscent of harry met's partner to harry met sally right <laughs> yes Just, definitely in interspersed i thought that same thing <laughs> yep loved it okay so venn diagram yeah. dystopia space mm-hmm. design yeah. sound music cinematography space vehicles yeah a message father daughter mm-hmm. it's everything it's yeah, pretty good just put yeah. an 80s new york if there was just an 80s New York scene, perfect movie. <laughs> With some sort of like synth music behind <laughs> yeah. it. Yep. Okay. My second piece of evidence. TARS. Oh, yes. Great. Um, and TARS represents a lot of things about this movie that I love. Mostly the like, I, I think the special effects are really tangible and don't look like cg at all to me almost all of it is practical even tars right so i know that there are parts when tars isn't practical like when he's gets into like that star shape (laughs) and goes so fast on miller's planet right 
Um, so cool. But they are obviously... I wasn't quite sure if he was CG or practical, but they film him like he's practical because mm. there's cutaways to make things work, right? You'll mm-hmm. see part of him, Tars, yeah. if you haven't seen the movie, is the robot, kind of the R2, right? Yep, of these spaceships. Totally, see, even he doesn't, he tries levity, right? Uh-huh. Levity setting, mm-hmm. like... Joke setting. Okay, that's kind of funny. I like the percentage of levity, percentage yep. of honesty stuff. And Tars the little rules. Green Tars dot. is funny. He's my best friend. I love that green dot. Yes. Um, <laughs> that that was actually maybe the funniest part of a Nolan movie. That green dot. Yep. It's like <laughs> the green like, dot is the yeah, is the best, you, the funniest laugh out loud moment. Is a green dot on a series it. of cubes. Yeah. So the robot. I love it. Just like the time stuff, he presents this robot, and it's different than any robot I've ever seen on in the movies. Yes. Because it's just a big, what, a big box, I guess? Like a, yeah. He looks a, kind of like a coffin standing upright or something. It's just, it's so, it shouldn't be so hard to describe because it's just a big box. Okay, you know what he looks like? Okay. Imagine like trying to take a table and you take a bunch of like two by fours uh-huh. and like put them all together with like one of those vice grip things and then like glue it and then it becomes yeah. a table, but it's yeah. really like a ton of long two by fours. Right. Like yep. that's what he looks like. It's just a rectangle, yes. but, it, but it's a, metal, Right. metal and, two by and fours. The, and there's points of articulation. Mm-hmm. And when you first meet Tars, there's just one or two points of articulation so that sure. it can like kind of uh, creep across the ground a little bit. Sort of like um, Gumby's legs or something. <laughs> that's true. That's good. <laughs> but then as the movie progresses, you see that he has other functions. He can have kind of limbs that come out. Yep. Um, there's that part that I alluded to, which is it's like, go, Tars, go. And yeah, he can yeah. actually go really fast by forming into like, he looks kind of like a jack. Right when yep. you're playing jacks, um, yeah, or an asterisk and just or like, something. Right, he looks like a big. <laughs> that's better. Just a big asterisk, <laughs> just snowflake or something, rolling across the ground really fast. He has a lot of functionality. They're mm-hmm. never worried about whether he can get from one place to the other or into tight spaces or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, he has a completely. He does not have a robot voice. Right. He's played by an actor just talking like we're talking right now. Yeah, it almost sounds like he's got a Sonos speaker in there, dude. Yeah, but like a but little... way more naturalistic than that even. But echoey, though. There, It's almost like... There's echo, in, sure. You know, like a little metallic twinge or something, you know? Yeah, yep. Um, I just love TARS. I always think about when I see a robot, in, especially in like a... Um, war movies like a Terminator movie like that. Like, mm. why would you put the brain in the head? So, like, you cut <laughs> off a you cut off the head of sure. a robot, it dies. Who's, yeah. Who thought of this? Why you put you you could put that microchip anywhere. Mm-hmm. Put it in its ankle. <laughs> so that if you chop off everything that you would think to chop off of a human, it, it's still uh-huh. functional because sure. it's hidden like behind its knee or something. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Don't put the microchip in its head. <laughs> That's where people are firing their guns. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where the where the CPU is in TARS, 
But he's got that little kind of like monitor thing. He has a monitor. Yep. Oh, and I love that when they fix him up at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh man, dude, the ending of this movie rules. Okay, Tars sorry. is I'm, sort I'm, of like um, Wilson a little bit mm. in Castaway, where you shouldn't like this thing. Yeah. Or personify it. Now mm-hmm. Wilson is just a volleyball, but right. And so that's even okay. more of a trick. Yeah. But it is a t- Nolan pulls off a trick here to make you really care about Tars. Totally. I yep. love Tars. Yep. I I think the unique design like who came up with it? Like is this a Nolan idea like yeah. just a surfboard or <laughs> or like a <laughs> You know, well, like, like you a, said, the, to the top of a table. Yeah, it's like a top. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, and they even with the body language of Tars are able to make him threatening. Like when he first mm-hmm. meets Tars. Yep. In that scene, like, um, he's like, I, "I'm not telling you anything until I know my daughter's okay." Right. You know, like they, it's kind Tars of like, looming over him, yeah, yeah. leaning it's into him, yeah, threatening. How do you make silver two by fours? Threatening, but they did it, dude. There's a there's a moment when Tars does a double take. He's like, really? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> I want a Tars spinoff. Okay, so true Gomer confession, dude. Yeah, I've been looking into Tars, um, like toys or oh statues. Oh my gosh. So like right there, dude, in my desk here. That's gonna be Tars one day when I finally find one. There is a Tars. Like Lego set, okay. Um, but I mean, it's you know, like people just made made it. There's a lot on Etsy I'm seeing of Tars. Yeah, so the, I mean, the Tars Etsy is one, a very po- popular boy. Everybody I, loves I, Tars. No, but the Etsy one—that's what I was gonna get. But it, yeah, I'm worried that it'll be a little cheap. I mean, I almost guarantee it will be. Right. But it exists. It's nice, to, and I see these Lego Tars that you're seeing. Not hard to build. Tars with Legos. So if you yeah. haven't seen Tars, that's maybe the best description of Tars. You would have no problem building Tars with Legos. <laughs> totally. I want a Tars sculpture. Okay. Yeah. That. I mean, I'm just looking at these. I'm obs- I can't. I don't want to record anymore. I just want to look at pictures of Tars. Here's a Tars plush. Let's Ooh. snuggle up to that at night. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tars is basically a pillow. <laughs> a really super hard pillow. Uh-huh. Tars um, could be a bed. Dude, there there are there've got to be some what's that not Comic-Con um what's that thing cosplay? Yeah. Oh, I want to cosplay as Tars. That's <laughs> or a like, great idea. Or cosplay with Tars is your bed. Like I want to I want Tars to be my deathbed. I want to die on Tars. <laughs> <laughs> you're dude like okay so you've got the the photon torpedo coffin from star trek 2 right and then tars those are two great like <laughs> would be caught co- like uh co- coffins or caskets That's even looking at tars here though yeah. you you notice you don't notice at first that he does have other points of articulation that he can utilize it's not just Four two by fours, which you think at first he is, but then you see the seams in Tars. Sure. And then once in a while he'll like have a hand. Mm-hmm. It can come out. Yeah. Like, uh, like there's got to be tons of of ways that he can be configured. Right. Yep. I love him. Case is okay. cool too. 
right when I saw case. Tars in the movie theater, I remember Tars rules, case rules. Yes. Kip, poor Kip. He's dead, but mm-hmm. he rules. Kip. Yep. Um, I was like, this is the, my, this is my favorite robot. Yep. I do love the robot in, uh, uh, Rogue One also. I really oh, like yeah. that. I yeah. Like she's that great. One. I can't um, remember her name right now. Oh, no, wait. Shoot. I was thinking of the robot in Solo. Oh, Solo? Who's great. Yep. Yeah. Also I great. I like her. Yep. That's a great droid. Also great. In right, Indiana let- Jones 5, she will be <laughs> that actor. Um, uh, And you also love Jinx. Jinx is still the goat. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Can I chuck in one more time real quick? Yep. All right. All right, dude. I love you know my you know my criteria. How it looks, how it sounds, how it makes me feel. Yeah. Eat your beans at every meal. Um, <laughs> the more you eat, the better you feel. The more you eat, the better you feel. So eat your yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, dude. I just. All I need to say is I love how this movie looks. I mm. love how this movie sounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, the score is so great. Okay. Uh, so. The story, the story is, and you can just look it up on YouTube. Just look up like score making of Interstellar. Right. Basically, mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan just a- asked Hans Zimmer to write him. He's like, "Can you just take a day? I'm not going to tell you anything about what my next movie's about, but I just want you to write me a theme. Just take a day mm. and just write whatever you want." Interesting. And and I think he like told him it was going to be about a father and son. So he knew yeah. Hans Zimmer has a son. Uh-huh. Or maybe multiple sons. And so he just, Hans Zimmer said, he just like went and he like wrote, just wrote a a piece of music. Uh, and it made him think of his son. Okay. And so he wrote that and he gave it to Hans Zimmer or to Nolan. And he was like, yep, that's amazing. Um, and then <laughs> Nolan then listened to that over and over and over while he finished writing the script to this movie. Okay. Huh. And then he was like, oh, by the way, it's a massive epic sci-fi mm. movie. So he didn't yeah. tell him subject matter really or huh. like that it was going to be. Because I think if you tell somebody that you just did Dark Knight trilogy with, now I'm doing yeah. a sci-fi mm-hmm. epic. You know, He's probably to, not going to use so much organ. Yeah, he's going to write themes and he's going to like mm-hmm. there aren't right light motifs in this. Again, it's a soundscape. No. It's very new Hans Zimmer, right? I mean, this mm. is his new thing. He's yeah, no mean, longer writing uh, <laughs> cool runnings, light motifs. Yeah. Or like put this over the top of partner to league of their own, like <laughs> training montage. Yep, not a steel drum can be heard <laughs> in the interstellar right. soundtrack. Yep. This doesn't sound like Lion King. Uh, so but- can I... So can I ask about well okay can I share with you something about the score? Mhm. Um and I feel this way about Inception also and I haven't seen Tenet enough to see it to know if I feel this way about Tenet. Yep. At the end of both Inception and Interstellar I feel a little bit overstimulated. Mm. Because it's so constant sure so both of these movies and i also i I would strike this against this isn't a stricken maybe of jonathan nolan but it's something that i clock every time i watch one of these movies is he loves his ideas too 
Mm. And so he hits them so hard uh-huh. and he and it takes so long mm-hmm. at the end of both of these movies. Sure. I mean the 249, I think they could strike Dr. Man stuff. I think they could pull 20 minutes out of this ending and get it under 2 hours. It mm. it is just so I can't describe it any way besides like so much. I feel this way yes. about Inception too. Yep. And he wants you to know these are his ideas. He wants yeah. you to sit in it for a long a time. Yeah. And he wants that organ going wang <laughs> pulling all the stops out, <laughs> yes. dude. Totally. Um, in Inceptions, it's the tr- Inception, it's the trombones. In this movie, yep. it's the organ. Yep. And at the end of the viewing last night, I was like, overload. Mm. It's just. Uh, this is me. Yep. Almost too much. Mm. Yeah. I mean, especially in IMAX with those subwoofers blasting. Just <laughs> I, those can't, I can't long, even imagine. <laughs> like just tubes underneath your seats and like in the front. It is so loud. I, I mean, don't you, know, you man. really cannot hear what anybody's saying at the end of Inception because it is so blaringly loud. Yeah. And you're yeah, also I, trying to figure out what is happening it's so complex yeah so i I did feel that a little bit even in the 5d library even in the um like it's just like i don't know how to explain that organ sound where it's just like arpeggios over and over and over again for what do you think an hour yeah i mean You've got the colino, I think that's what it's called when you play with your bow on okay. the string. So it's like click, 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 yes. click, yep. click. And then you've got an organ doing like scales and arpeggios and then going like you know, but that's it. It's a massive crescendo. Right. That le- like and, and it happens like six, this crescendo happens like six times in this movie. I mean, the huge wave, mm-hmm. freaking yep. top wave of that all big time. Wave. Big Perfect wave. wave. Yep. Perfect wave. Um, then you've got the spinning sequence where man is going and like friggin' blows up their one ticket home. That is an incredible action scene. Two top action. I mean, and just blaring orchestra. silence of space right like yeah i i didn't feel much silence in this viewing oh i said so i know what you mean with the sound design silence of space yep 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 um and i mean my favorite scene in the whole movie is the rain forest rain oh my gosh yeah over the saturn visual yes So that's not a music moment. That's a sound design yep. moment. I've never seen anything like it. It's the Tars of sound design. I've never seen mm. anything like it. I loved it. Um, never would have thought of doing that. It, yeah. it is It is a real piece of genius filmmaking right there. That is. Um, 
your brain doesn't know what to do with it. You know so, what I mean? Uh, yeah. So that part, I'm so in love with that part. Uh huh. So sometimes the Hunt Zimmer score, I'm actually like, can you, can somebody turn this down? Oh man. Like, can Dude, I, can I, I, might, I can I, can off. I turn the, can I turn this the music down? I'm, I'm I I may need to leave the podcast. <laughs> I can't. You, you know how freaking loud that. and like punish. It's almost a punishing score. There, there's it. You can have too much of a good thing, and I think Interstellar. There's a little bit too much of that good. Thing Is it at the end. like a pleasure stack? It's like there's cheese in the crust and you're, you're, on top the, exactly. of the crust, and yes. like it's and then it's like stuffed inside a calzone it's like all the carbs and cheese you could possibly want and then to like yes over the top it's like it's like trisket pizza with triscuits on top Mm. and also a pizza on top (laughs) a regular pizza (laughs) yeah i don't know it's so uh, like i'm i'm kind of kidding it but about leaving the podcast um it so works for me okay yeah the piano and and then that's fine the way Um, the way the payoff is that final single organ note. Yep. And then just him. So you can't get that silence without that crescendo. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I mean, I I totally get that. Yep. But I could use about twenty <laughs> minutes less. Sure. I just feel battered at that point. <laughs> you just feel like beaten up by organs. Yes, sounds. I do. Sure. Like <laughs> some some tar shaped <laughs> organ is like kicking me in the balls. Yeah, it's like you love you. Right. Keep going. <laughs> you you thought that was loud? Wait 30 seconds. <laughs> totally pull one final stop out of it. Yeah, okay, dude. So here's oh, what I they feel, did. I feel that way at the end of Dark Knight Rises also. Sure. Like, turn it down. Sure. Well, Tenet, it's hard to watch Tenet, dude. It's super yeah. loud. And that's that's Ludwig Gorenson. That's not Hans Zimmer. Right. I know it. Um yeah, no, dude, I I I get it. I just mm-hmm. friggin' you love, love it. it. You get it and you it's, love it. It's just so such pathos, such like oh, it's it's just it gets in your in your bones when you when you feel it and hear it. Um Well, and this is a score you listen to, right? Oh yeah, so I would watch this movie just to listen to the score. And I know okay. it's not as light motific as a as a J dubs. But sure. So like they they built a mobile recording studio inside a church. It's Temple Church in Central London. Okay. Yeah. Just that makes for sense. this organ. So they take yep. a full orchestra and jam it into this church. Right. And they've got a piano and an organ, and you've got Hans Zimmer and Christopher Nolan just sitting in the booth. And this is what actually I, I put it, I forgot to put it on the one sheet. 
the organist. His name is Roger. Okay. Um, and here's what Hans Zimmer said. He said, Roger was this amazing human being that happened to us. Mm, he said, this nice. humble like man that. who is just an extraordinary player. And so they have all this, all this footage of like just this church organist dude. Yeah. And he's like, oh, try this, try that, try this. And, yep. and Hans Zimmer and Nolan just sitting in the booth like, oh, baby, just keep doing that. <laughs> Pull the stops out of that organ. And, and we will put every note in. Yeah, exactly. So, we will extend. We will add just shots of Matthew McConaughey <laughs> looking at something to fill this space up. So, I mean, you can understand that a person like me who already has an aversion to movies that are too long. Totally. I get it. I, I, dude, I, I love, it. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's not that, and I think I get kind of get a bad rap on this podcast that I don't like any long movies. I would say three of my top five movies are long movies. Right. When I feel like, okay, all right, this is, I get it. Yep. And then you look at the, I don't know if you've ever done this, like, look at how much time there is left. Yeah. And you're like, there's 40 minutes left of this movie. <laughs> this is exactly why I didn't want to watch a it. Bit. Yeah, I didn't want to watch it after the half marathon because I was like, sure. Steven's going to hate it. It's. I didn't remember that it was 249. That's a long movie. Yeah. I, I was worried about um, a Godfather 3 scenario where we're all that far into a lay down day, depressed AF, R, yep. mm -hmm. and you're hating it. Like, okay. remember we woke up to just gunshots in Godfather 3? Right. We all <laughs> had do. fallen asleep. We um, Worst movie viewing. I, I just want you to know, I loved this movie. Great. Second time around. Awesome. Um, Love it. But I don't know how I'm going to vote for it. Mm. I don't know which way I'm going to vote for it. Sure. Because I really, truly think it could have been cut by 45 minutes. And it sure. would have been just as effective for me. Yep. Um, I get it. And so you've often talked about how the edit is one of your... You know, one of your yep. things that you love about a movie. Mm -hmm. I just don't know who's editing this movie. It's so long and it feels long to me. Sure. No, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's I get probably it. why I said the thing on that clip that we played at the beginning, which is that I didn't love it mm -hmm. because I remember now that I'm thinking about it back to it was like, yeah, that's a, that's, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot in this movie. Sure. No, I, I liked I it better, it. I think, this viewing. Yeah. I just love that the organ, like the thing about an organ is it's actually using breath. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? So like. It's air. It's a wind instrument. Yeah. So like Nolan yeah. said, it's got like a religiosity, like a, mm, mm -hmm. there's, there's a, a, there's just a sound. Like, don't you hear it? And you're like, I'm at church. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. Let. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> no, let. <laughs> Speaking of long, yep. Well, I guess it's fitting. I think this is our, the longest movie we've ever done mm -hmm. on the podcast, and this is yeah, our maybe. longest episode we've ever Perfect. done. Um, so it's up to you now, nation. What do you think? We're very curious. Is Interstellar a perfect movie? You can vote on Instagram. That's the best place to go. You can vote on Facebook too, but Insta's where the poll is. 
um, where you just click yes or no. And most people, I think, find that the most fun to do. So make sure yep. you're following us on Instagram. That's at two gomers. Thank you to Webmaster Adam, Jason for our graphics, Davis for our music, Annie for our social media. We don't know what our next movie is. Mm, you're Not right. Yet. There are, just so folks know, some changes coming to the podcast, but not to worry. Mm-hmm. We're streamlining some things. We're going to talk about the state of the podcast. 2022 is an episode that's coming up soon. We're going to talk through it all um, so people know what is happening. But we are perfect movie continues. We don't know the episode because I think what we're going to try to do is get an ultra marathoner donor to yep. pick our next movie. Yeah, dude. Which will be really fun. No so idea what fun. it is. Right. Um. So that's what's coming up next. Uh, great movie, dude. I'm so glad we did it. Dude, thanks for watching it again. And yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I did. And I like it a lot. I'm going to continue to watch it and listen to it a lot. Yeah. I'll probably give it a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it did make us want to do a Nolan retrospective and watch all the Nolan movies through again done wait did the boys watch it with you yeah did they like it oh yeah yep they're Sweet. huge nolan fans so okay awesome i think jack's favorite movie is the prestige wow okay yeah. i want to watch good. it with jack Woo. that'd be fun so do Sweet. i and i think i will oh man lucky <laughs> all right dude great app Super fun, man. All right. And happy watching whatever movie we do next. I don't know what it is. <laughs> All right, dude. See you later. Kiss Bye. TARS for me if you ever get it. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <See y'all. laughs>